Um, I don't fill them out as much as I used to. I noticed that when I put it on. I was like, it's a lot baggier than it used to be. Baggier? Baggy. Oh. Baggier. Yes, it's baggier. It's like, I get it. I've got broad shoulders. <laughs> no, it's baggier than it used to be because I used to like have a little pudgy tummy that would like... <laughs> See? So you're making progress. I'm proud of you. Thank you. You're doing what you want to do. You're fighting through. As a drink beer. As a drink beer. It makes you feel a lot better. Pudge back on my tummy. My pudge shows through shirts that it didn't used to. Coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> and alcoholism. I think you're sexy. Oh, well, thank you. I still got You're this. also still in better shape than me, either way. <laughs> you had a better uh, foundation to start with than I did. Mm. You still have muscles. Like, I have, you can't really, like, see it, see it, but I have, like, a little baby one coming up. I'm like, heck yeah. <laughs> No, I'm still grow, pretty good. Baby, They're a lot smaller than they used to be, <laughs> but hmm, such is life. I'll get back to it eventually. <laughs> I want to get back into it, but welcome to the Nightmare Box. Presenting mistakes were made. My name is Brett Bloom. I'm sitting across from the beautiful, the effervescent. She's trying to break the last glass I have that has the word autism, or it used to. I didn't hit it that hard. Kristen Bloom. <laughs> it just sounded really loud. I felt that it needed to be addressed. <laughs> it sounded loud because it was next to the mic. Hell yeah. So what's up, sweetheart? The roof. Hmm. Uh, no. That is... The roof. That's the most offensive the thing anybody's ever said into a microphone. That I'm not, joke. I'm not sorry. That joke right there. It's worse than Bill Cosby. <laughs> I'm not sorry. <laughs> um, I, because Thanksgiving was this past week, um... Fell off of my gym routine a little bit. Not yeah. like bad, bad, but I, I said on the last recording that I was a little bit behind and I was going to spend the holiday week to catch up. I waited to do it all in one day. <laughs> <laughs> I, I kept meaning to go, but I like, we had our Thanksgiving thing and then I had like chores and cleaning and stuff around the house I did the next day and then spent two and a half hours on the phone with my mom. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, did not end up getting any of my gym shit done until today, so I had to do two different workout routines yeah. <laughs> today to catch back up. But I am back on track. Hell yeah. I was a little You're sad. You're all caught up. I am. I was a little sad when I looked at my recent gym check-in history and it said I hadn't checked in in nine days. I was like, I'm okay. a failure. I'm an abject failure. <laughs> I was feeling a little like, hmm. <laughs> but. but I'm, I'm proud of you because, you know, a lot of people, even that short amount of time, there's enough to break the routine and make them give up entirely. You kept kicking ass. You went back in there. You doubled down. Punished yourself for your mistake. It's a good way to go about it. It's <laughs> determined to get it done because otherwise I was going to start next week with my new guide behind. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not starting off my new workout <laughs> routine behind because that's just going to throw off the mood of the whole thing. Yeah. So, yeah. First ever, like, start to finish. Did a whole workout, like, Cycle. regime. Yeah. yeah, that I... It was a little over two months. It was like a nine-week program. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, first time I've ever been that consistent with weightlifting, so... That's fucking awesome. Feels good. Yeah. What's on... <laughs> is the same chick that does the next one? Yeah, yeah. so it was a bundle uh, guide that I bought. There's three separate gym guides that, like, increase in intensity as you go. Yeah. Um, and they're all nine-week programs, so I'm starting the second guide um, tomorrow, which is a nine-week, five-day-a-week program. So yeah. I'm adding an extra day, and um, the workouts are, like, a little bit more intense and a little mm -hmm. different. So 
Yeah. I... And you're already starting to see changes. I've noticed changes for a while, and you've refused to acknowledge them. But you well, did at the top of this show, so I'm proud of you. Thank you. And your butt looks nice. <laughs> thank you. Well, I've noticed, like... <laughs> Intently. <laughs> While you sleep. That's creepy. And that's on my face right next to it. And take selfies. <laughs> I send them to myself at random hours of the day. That's weird. <laughs> well, um, like I've noticed like some muscles and stuff coming in. Like I have noticed like my um, calves in particular have slimmed up quite a bit. And weirdly I've noticed, um, I guess I've like, I'm not holding as much water as I was before. I've noticed, like, my fingers and, like, my feet and stuff aren't, like, as puffy as they were before. So, yeah. like, my hands are, mm-hmm. like, because my ring used to be, like, much more snug and, like, I can, like, easily slide it on and <laughs> off now. So, I was like, oh, hey, my ring fits better than it did before. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I've, no- I've noticed, like, the muscles and stuff coming in. I just don't feel like I've really, like, lost weight. So, mm-hmm. I'm hoping the the next well don't worry about numbers on a scale or anything like that we don't own a scale so we don't for very specific reasons because i would have shot myself in the bathroom Mm. by now (laughs) no i thought about buying one because my sister um back when i used to live with my oldest sister yeah and she and i would like go work out together she had one of those like smart scales where you'd stand on it and tell you your Mm -hmm. bmi and all that shit and like I don't know. Like, I've ever read, like, a lot of stuff that those aren't necessarily totally accurate. And, like, yeah, the they're way, not. And yeah. the wildest shit is when I was in the Air Force, you have to take these, like, PT tests. And um, I failed one and then got in my little issue where I wasn't allowed to drink for three months and became gym obsessed. I was going, like, two or three times a fucking day. And I got up to, like, 235, and I really slimmed out. It's the only time in my life I've ever had the, the dick V. Did it say you were obese? Yeah. And I lost points on the fitness test for being overweight. They were like, you're obese. You should weigh 185 pounds. You weigh 235. Like, yeah, pure muscle. I was like, I'm six foot two. <laughs> and now I'm built like a brick shithouse. <laughs> yeah. I was, you know. Which granted, now I Now I'm just a shithouse. <laughs> <It's not true. laughs> um, I'm a shit shithouse. <laughs> Which granted, I was... Uh pudgier but i don't know that i would have like straight up been like oh i'm obese but yeah, yeah. like the scale was basically like yeah you're fat in all areas <laughs> i was like well, that's just rude you're obese and so like, you want to go in the weight room right now with me bitch because i'm <laughs> smoke your shit <laughs> yeah I, I very briefly considered getting us one of those and i was yeah. like you know that scale just made me feel like shit i was mm-hmm. like i'm not gonna because like even if i like get in shape it's still gonna tell me i'm fat because yeah. i'm only five seven and then like, you I'm get not. obsessed you know with every you don't appreciate the overall health advantages of going to the gym because you're checking it every day so you're like oh just another half a pound and it's like no you should like maybe once a week once every two weeks and then you're like holy fuck five pounds you know and um there's like an actual facebook 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 group i cannot talk today (laughs) facebook (laughs) facebook group for i also um, do that while you're asleep I goop you on the Me face. <laughs> Good to know. I glue you to That's the why pillow. my hair is always so messy. <laughs> I glue you to the pillow. <laughs> Wake up, guys. <laughs> Pull away. It's like, why are my eyes so crusty? Um, <laughs> no, there's uh, cause, like the fitness program that I'm following. It's like a girl that has like a social media like following and yeah. stuff, and they um, have like a Facebook group that she actually like moderates. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like meant to be like inspirational, like. You know, you yeah. post your progress pics or ask for advice from other people for, like, specific yeah. things. Um, like a support thing. Yeah, very positive group. Um, you know the name of it? Can we plug these guys? Uh, any sort of... So, I may butcher her name. The girl that I uh, follow, 
her routine is called called sorry so the actual routine is called fit with mari um her name is like mari llewellyn something called oh that is her name <laughs> it's just mari llewellyn llewellyn's i guess her last name awesome. maybe um go don't go join the group and tag yeah. Kristen and shit yeah, so the workout routines fit with Mari, and I think the Facebook group, yeah, is also called Fit with Mari. Um, super positive, like, very helpful group to be a part of. But, like, people, like, ask questions like, how do you keep mm-hmm. yourself motivated and shit, especially during pandemic times where yeah. you don't even want to go out? Half the country is turned into violent alcoholics. Yeah. Since like, <laughs> the other half is, like, health-obsessed. Yeah, and, like, people um, kind of post, like, how they handle it. Like, oh, like, when I lose 10 pounds or reach this goal or whatever, I reward myself with this thing. And, like, I've never um, been super consistent with working out. Mm -hmm. And in the past, like, I think I was kind of, like, focused on, like, weight loss as well. Like, what number is my goal or whatever. So, like, this time. It's a big thing with girls because you guys read Cosmopolitan. Like, this... (laughs) this lady weighs 97.5 pounds and it's like why am i not 97 pounds this chick's like 5'9 or something so she's tallish for a girl and i think she's like 180 something pounds Mm -hmm. she is like sculpted yeah so i'm like you know i'm gonna like that was my like thought going into it i was like i'm not even gonna get on the scale at all i'm not gonna pay attention to the numbers like i thought initially i might do like tape measure measurements just to yeah. see like inches lost but i haven't done that either but and that's mostly just diet anyway i mean yeah. it's salt intake and it's gonna change your fucking tape reading yeah um but like a lot of the girls on there like i said will have goals for when they lose yeah. weight and like the way i've been doing it instead to keep myself motivated um like i've been giving myself like small rewards not anything Mm -hmm. big like whenever i complete a full month of consistent workouts like if i fuck up and like don't stay consistent i don't get my reward so instead of being like oh i want to lose 20 pounds i'm like if i can go every day that i'm supposed to go for the next month i'll buy a new gym bag got your new shoes (laughs) yeah uh yeah i just actually got i I bought them and they were a half size too big so i had to request (laughs) an exchange and i just got the new ones today and i have to ship the old ones back so they don't charge me twice (laughs) yeah that's how i've been doing it like you were consistent good job and surely if you're consistent you're losing weight because that would suck if not yeah no, so. you're, you're in there. You're doing something. I mean, it's fucking awesome. Yeah. So, I'm proud. Yeah. I'm excited I'm, to start my I'm very proud my next of routine. you. Thank you, babe. You're love awesome. You. I you're love awesome. you, too. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, when you eventually start going with me, I gotta... I was, gonna, I was gonna go today. Like, I, I was thinking today is the fucking day, and then I coaxed myself right up. <laughs> I said, I have to stay here and cook things to make a pizza. I, <laughs> can't start my gym revival on pizza night that's not gonna go well no when you eventually start going with me i gotta be able to hold my own i can't be over here with my five pound dumbbells while you're like lifting hundred pound weights no you'll see me gas for like two straight weeks and then it'll become an obsession and it'll destroy our relationship well we had a good run it's like where's brett at three o'clock in the morning oh he's running (laughs) i'm not that dedicated he's reawoken the demon that was deep down inside of him like if I if I do get this new job, it's a eight to five, and I like yeah. very briefly thought, well, if I got up a little bit earlier, I could do the gym before work, and I was like, I'm not gonna do that. No, <laughs> like let's no be honest, way. 
<laughs> too tired all the time. I work a 10-hour shift. I'm not fucking... Yeah. So no, I'll probably just come home half an hour later. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm never going to be that morning person. <laughs> I, I will never have that level of dedication, yeah. and I know that about myself. <laughs> no, I need to figure out how to get back in with this work schedule because I'm at work at 7.30 in the morning and I'm not leaving there till 6. And by the time I leave there, I'm spent, you know? So I need to figure out a time to throw in something, you know? Yeah. Yeah, your schedule does kind of suck for it. <laughs> I mean, you could work I out could, on your days off, but... Yeah, and that's probably what I'm going to have to wind up doing is I've got three days off a week Do and then just Slightly longer and, workout routines. Yeah, yeah, but by the end of the work week, if that happens, by you know, when my endorphins roll back over, I'll be ready to rip somebody's head off because I haven't <laughs> done bench press. <laughs> <laughs> So I've not done a single back workout since fucking Tuesday. <laughs> Come Saturday, I'm ready to just fucking rip somebody's throat out. You slamming the gym door open, throwing weights. I need to be back here. <laughs> Sunday is probably a good day if you're going to pick it as your first day, though, because I have noticed the gym is very empty on Sundays. Yeah, and that's what I need. We've talked about it. I, I don't know if we talked about it on here, but that first day I need, like, next to nobody just so I can learn the layout of the joint. Because I hate walking around like, where the fuck is the squat rack? You know? <laughs> I, I forgot. Where do you store your dumbbells? <laughs> I forgot today was Sunday until I like actually walked into the gym. And I was like, well, if I was going to double down on my routine, today was a good day to do mm-hmm. it. Because I'm not having to like wait for like someone to finish. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to go in and do it. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Go and- team. Go team, go. And that's not the only fucking huge accomplishment of the day. Is it there, my love? No. You finished something today. I did. Didn't you, love? I did. It was, I'm proud of you. It was mostly done already, to I'm be fair. I'm proud of you. You <laughs> did a you. seamless audio edit. Yeah, and I didn't have any of that on there <laughs> until this morning, so I was kind of proud of how fast I finished that, because yeah. I had like, a couple of quick Google searches of free sound effects, and then I was like, boom, bitches, I'm done. I've got you. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, um, the commercial that Brett and I have been working on for... Uh, About a month. Yeah. Something uh, like that. For the animal control mm-hmm. um, is officially done done. Um, I don't know how soon it's going to be on the air, how soon I'm going to yeah. be allowed to share it, hopefully soonish. Mm-hmm. Um, but cute as fuck little animals in yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> we've, we've done this whole thing ass backwards because we thought it was going to be a two-week process. And then, of course, we're dealing with county. So you've got paperwork and lawyers and shit like that, I guess, that need to talk for a commercial about mm. animals. <laughs> so it's kind of thrown. Like It has not been a month's worth of work in no. all reality. We and were ready a while ago. Too, it's <laughs> changed a bit. It was like initially... 1.30 or 2.15s, and then it was 2.30s, and now I think we're back down to 1.30 again. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I have a, a complete commercial, though. It's my first, yeah. first thing ever, I think, working with animals specifically. I don't think I've ever done something that was just about animals, so that was fun. What I'm doing to you, the next one's going to be water, because we did kids with the dolls, and now we've done animals. Oh, torture testing you while you're still a young artist i was actually thinking about that all right the next one fucking we're grabbing some gopros it's 10 degrees right now in the bitterroot we're gonna hop in the river and we're gonna go rafting and it's gonna be a reality tv show concept that goes astray like the blair witch i was thinking about that because of what you wrote on the board that's behind me um i was like how hard would it be to film stuff in water (laughs) (laughs) 
Which one? The little one in green. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I was, I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, how hard would it be? Get you a plexiglass case for your <laughs> camera and then just recreate that moment <laughs> with the lens. And then you would walk out a complete, like, real-world certified director because you've done the torturous three things that you should never, <laughs> ever put in a script. I... I don't know. I'd be nervous. I like. I know they make like serious heavy do like water cages for cameras. I would be very nervous to put my camera in the water though, because I really like that camera. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, let's rent somebody else's camera. <laughs> Especially in a rapid, you know. Yeah. Like, I guess it's just gone now. We could tie it <laughs> off with like a jump like cord. <laughs> it'd probably be heavy enough it'd sink. I'd just have to get some scuba gear or scuba gear and go dive and get it. <laughs> in Montana. River water. In February. Or in wow, you don't November. even. November. <laughs> Jesus you're Christ. already in 2021. I, I doubled my Kristen's memory. living in the future. You're 3,000 and late. I doubled my memory workout and then did two workouts. My brain is like mush. And I also didn't have coffee at all today. It's been a rough ride. But you finished the commercial and then you said something interesting. I mean, it's pretty typical. Um, but you, you said that now you're nervous. Oh, yeah. Um, it's like you weren't nervous the whole time you were making the thing, but now the thing is done. It's time to send the baby well, off into the real world. I think I was nervous when we accepted to do it. Like mm-hmm. I was nervous that it was going to turn out really bad. And then once I had the footage and I was like, oh, well, the footage looks On good. the brand new camera and the sweet little yes. dolly that you have? Yes. <laughs> that was fun. Um, I'm going to have to definitely break that out again and see what else we can do with that. But yeah, no, I... Um, I think once I got the footage back and I was like, well, it looks good and animals are adorable. Who doesn't like animals? I was like, you know, I can make something out of this. And now that it's done and pieced together, I'm like, well, I think it's good. Mm -hmm. But is anybody else going to think it's good? (laughs) Um, Yeah, interesting. I I screwed myself a little bit um, whenever, because there's like a voiceover on top Mm -hmm. of it because it's a commercial. And whenever we did the recording for the audio, I told her to just like take her time and just... yeah. Read it and make sure she got it right, because I was like, you she's know... She's not a voice actor. She's one of my co-workers. Well, yeah. um, I told her, I was like, you know, I can tighten it up if I need to tighten it up, and um, it'll be fine, like, mm-hmm. not to worry about it. Just read it. And she read it a fair amount slower than what I really needed. Yeah. Um, so that's my only, like, eh about it, is, like, I had to pull a lot of the breaths that she takes mm-hmm. out in between so it feels but you managed to do it without making it feel rushed see i feel like it feels a little bit rushed maybe that's just because i know i did it um and there's a lot of stuff that gets said in well, a I very short that, amount yeah, of time if i have one thing one takeaway if we were to do this again say less stuff <laughs> yeah do like my initial script where it was like point a point b point c and we're out you've got 30 seconds yeah. you've got 10 seconds a point and i feel <laughs> like i could have put words on the screen to supplement some of that and we talked about that initially but um it isn't what we ended up doing mm-hmm. but like i literally had to remove the breaths between pretty much every sentence that she says. And then I had to lift a section of a sentence out and squish it together to make it sound like a different sentence than what was originally there. So yeah, if you're doing a documentary, people can manipulate what you say. Oh my God. Um, (laughs) We'll get to documentaries very, very shortly. (laughs) And then, um, bit of a no-no. You have to be very careful about doing it. I sped up the audio, mm-hmm. but only by like a fraction. 
Yeah. Because it'll start making you sound like a chipmunk very quickly. Yeah, we learned that when we yeah. were making uh, Happy Birthday. Yeah, I sped it up, but just like... Yeah, that. <laughs> Not Happy Birthday. Fucking brainstorm. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> Brett, um, don't tell yourself. I don't know. A... <laughs> but yeah, I, I sped it up by just like... Like two or three points. Like I barely sped it up at all because I was like, I'm very nervous that this is going to start to sound weird. Yeah. So... Um, but like between cutting out all the extra air and then cutting out part of mm-hmm. like one of her sentences, I still was like a second or two over from what I needed to be. So I was like, Oh, we're going to speed up the audio and pray it works. <laughs> <laughs> well, it came out really good. I'm, I'm, and you're going into negotiation. How does it feel? First time in a boxing ring. Uh, I'm nervous. It's one of those things where, like, I hate even whenever you're applying for a job, people ask yeah, you. Yeah, I hate fucking job for interviews. Your salary or yeah. whatever, and it's like ah. nobody's ever asked me that question. That's why I never, <laughs> never made good money. Never really. <laughs> nobody's ever been like, so what do you want? It's like a job, uh, <laughs> and I expect you to pay me fairly. I hate the. Uh, what is your worst quality? Because oh, yeah. it's I, I've, I don't know if I've told this, but if I have, it's been probably at the very fucking beginning. Yeah, I think you did tell it when we first started. Yeah. The show. <laughs> Um, I wanted a job, uh, and so I went to Books a Million, because I, I didn't need, like, a lot of money. I this just, is right after you got out of the military, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I didn't need a lot of money, because I still had some in the bank. I just need, like, a transitional-type part-time job until I can figure it out and was going to school. So I'm in my head, I'm like, well, I'll just have this part-time. It'll pay beer and cigarettes. <laughs> it was pretty much where I was at. And... Um, uh, the interview was going great. I met the initial guy, the assistant manager, who did the initial like hour-long interview. Then he goes, you know what? This is going really well. Let me go grab the manager manager because I think they needed like a key person, and it was like one of those positions. So the manager 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 <laughs> comes out. Rubbing off on you. <laughs> yeah, and we're having a great time. I'm kicking ass in this interview. I'm using all the skills I learned, you know, in the little get out of the military program. You know, I'm like smiling. I, I dressed nice, had a little polo shirt on, and I'm like shook the hand, stood up, offered to go buy coffee. You know, like all the bullshit that this society thinks you need to fucking stack shelves with books. And <laughs> she goes. The very last question. She goes, yeah, I just got one more thing for you. What is your, uh, what would you say is one of your worst qualities as an employee? And I was like, I have a very short temper. Yeah, that's not the answer. <laughs> I was like, and then I tried to, you know, Walk out of it? You, yeah, you know how you fuck up and stick your dick in your mouth and then you just keep sticking your dick in your mouth? <laughs> <laughs> don't know that feeling i don't have I, a I, I i forgot the actual metaphor that people use your foot foot in your mouth yeah it's like, <laughs> like foot up the ass no dick <laughs> in the mouth that's what we're going for <laughs> anyway she goes uh, your temper and i was like yeah like i'm not gonna just beat the fuck out like i just turned into myself in the middle of the interview i was like i'm not gonna just beat the fuck out of somebody in the store i might just stomp away from them if they ask me a stupid question <laughs> She goes, well, we get asked a lot of really stupid questions. And I was like, well, it's a bookstore. So your version is stupid question. And then I lost the inner. I could mm. see it in her eyes. It's like, well, like, we'll call you back. We've got a couple other people we need to interview. Depending on the job, I'll say something else. But my go-to that I feel like is a safe answer because it implies also that you're not a Debbie Downer. I yeah. say, 
Uh, my most negative quality is I, I don't like negative energy in a work environment. I was like, you know, when everybody's being really down <laughs> and bringing in this negative energy, it brings me down too. So yeah. I like a positive work environment. <laughs> no, <laughs> my, my new move is similar to that. I say I'm not a very sociable person, so don't expect me to come to your Christmas party. It's pretty much because it kind of works as a joke. joke yeah. You know, it's like I'm not yeah. coming to the Christmas party. I don't want to see pictures of your baby. I just want to work. <laughs> don't say that. <laughs> don't say you don't want to see pictures of their babies. Then that sounds like an insult. But yeah, no, I use that as my answer because I'm like, it also sounds like I'm a positive person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my negative is really a positive. <laughs> <laughs> my negative is really a positive. I, have, I believe in where the stars align. <laughs> I do not bring negative energy to this work environment, yeah. and that is my downside. <laughs> I am so positive it's negative. <laughs> but walking into the, it's going to be kind of like, a, in my head, like a job interview. Almost all the contracts that I've gotten, I've done via emails. You know, like working at Upwork and you're just like, hey, here's my qualifications. Yeah. I'm interested in your project. Oh, they never uh, go, well, what's your worst quality about writing? I, and I'm, it's like, I'm hammered when I do it. I don't know. <laughs> well, you with know? Upwork, too, you have to say what your rate is so people know up front. Like, I don't like that. Like, having yeah. to negotiate what I deserve to be paid. Because it's like, well, typically it at happens. what point am I underselling myself yeah, here? But you've done something good. In kind of this backwards approach to the negotiation process. As you can see what the product looks like. Yeah, you've you've got it at hand. You're going to show it to them. So mm-hmm. like you've done... I had a point and it's gone. It slipped right out of my brain. I can, I can bargain for more money because you see what you're getting. Well, it was something like that. That's, but it, yeah, <laughs> Unless it, they hate it. In it'll which hit case. me later and I'll, I'll sound smart again. <laughs> Unless they hate it, in which case they'll be like, we're not paying you at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that wasn't the point that I wanted to make. But as I was saying it, it just tootled away. It just said, not, not important. You're talking too much, Brett. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if nothing else, I'm excited to have it done because it is a new thing for my resume. I've never done a commercial for mm-hmm. someone else. I've never done something strictly with animals. It's a little more upbeat than the stuff we normally film. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, I have something that's not bloody. Yeah, take a look at this. It's not sad. It's still produced by the Nightmare Box. But <laughs> so yeah, that's nice. At least it's like, yeah. oh, you don't want to see blood here. Take a look at animals. Yeah. No, I'm I'm very excited for you. Yeah. Do you have any like strategy tips for in-person negotiations? Anything that you've been thinking about? You've been thinking about. You've been thinking about. Um, no, I don't know. I like. I I think I like what you suggested. Like asking um, mm-hmm. what they would be willing to pay, and then you can kind of gauge like how much you want to overshoot that. Like in your yeah. bargaining, I think because like if someone's like, oh, like. I only want to pay you 30 bucks. I can just be like, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, but We can eat a dick. You can pay me $30 an hour. That's my upwork. <laughs> if, yeah. if you guys need help editing those novels you wrote in November, $30 an hour. Or we can negotiate an overall price. I can do it in five chapters, depending on $250 installments. We'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, I, li- I like that. Like the idea of like gauging them. Because like, I-, I feel like that's my biggest, like, mm, like whenever it comes to negotiating money, I feel like I feel like I have to shoot lower. Otherwise, mm-hmm. they're going to be like, we're done. And they're going to walk away. So I'm like, how low is too low? Like, I don't want to undersell myself because then they're probably going to try to bargain <laughs> from there. I think the upside that we have in this situation is I know what the competitor wanted. And if we shoot far enough below what the competitor wanted, where it's still a discount, yeah, 
without being greedy, you know, like let's say somebody was offering, you know, I'll do this for a thousand. You can come in at eight fifty. You're still doing them a favor, but you better deliver eight fifty, yeah. especially for a first time client. If you started off low and then produce a better quality product later down the line, it justifies a bump in pay. Yeah. You know, if you start eight fifty, and now, an amateur. No, no, no. I'm, <laughs> teasing, I'm, teasing. I'm half talking to you and half <laughs> talking teasing. to the audience to explain the way that I think about negotiations. I'm Having never read any books on negotiations, including what I hear is a hell of a book on negotiations, The Art of the Deal. All right, then. <laughs> it's Donald Trump's book. I know. Okay. <laughs> um, no, I feel good about it, though. I'm glad to have it done. I'm um, glad to have it in my portfolio for future work. Yeah. So I think it's good. I For some reason... Didn't have it on my resume at all until you mentioned you had it on your resume. Because I think because it wasn't official yet, I felt like I couldn't put it on there. I was like, well, I did do it, though. Yeah. I <laughs> technically worked on this project. And then what I did got fucking overrided or, you know. Like, You're like, still going on the resume. <laughs> and I was like, I, I am still technically a part of the production team for this commercial. You I are. got us access to the building. You I got us access the to the contract. I, yeah, I put in on it. So in my cover letter for my resume, it's like, you know, I, I reworked that whole thing. And then my bottom paragraph is, this is how much ass I've been kicking <laughs> during COVID because it, it sounds a lot more impressive than it actually is. <laughs> I found out that combined views were at like 13.5 thousand nice. for all of the films. Um, all of them? Yeah, all of them together. Nice. So you got like eight something on the dolls and then the other ones break up for the rest of that. The other two break up for the rest of that. And so I threw that in the cover letter. I was nice. like, yeah, our three films that we've done, you know, like I, the way I worded it is I introduced the dolls early because that was in my college paragraph. Uh-huh. And then at the end, I was like, and then we, you know, I, I wrote and produced um, Happy Birthday and Brainstorm. And together with the dolls, They've been watched 13.5,000 times. Nice. So it sounds like each one of them pulls 13.5, but I'm not lying because conjoined, all three of them do. <laughs> it's, like it's not my fault that you didn't understand what I was saying. <laughs> it's like the, the heavy use of the comma. I'm sorry time if I threw to, you for a loop. Time to put out another movie because we got to break 20. Exactly. I'm sorry I interrupted again. No, I, <laughs> rambled. I was rambling myself. I wasn't going anywhere. <laughs> no, you're fine. I didn't realize it was up that high. Yeah. Like, I knew the dolls was at, like, the well, dolls I on combined, my yeah, page. I combined that one with the, the one, one, and then, because that would be combined for the dolls, and then I grabbed the scores for the other two, and I used a calculator. But, you'll be happy to know this, I wrote all the numbers down on a piece of legal pad, I added them up, and I got a number, and, and then I put it in the calculator, yourself. and I got the right number. Oh. I can do basic addition in a series go. of four. I was wondering what, because yeah, it was at the bottom of my old notes. I was wondering what all those scribbles were, because mm-hmm. <laughs> you had a bunch of yeah numbers written down. Yeah. Oh. Were you expecting stuff. news that we recently came into thirteen point five thousand dollars? I, mean, I, I would we not didn't. have been those sad. Were the views. I would not have been sad. <laughs> if you're like, did Brett do some magic on the stock market? What is happening here? <laughs> Uh, to be fair, my retirement fund's at like 6000 so we have 6000 To be fair, I don't have a retirement <laughs> fund. I have a savings account, and it roughly stays around $1,200. Well, there you go. <laughs> We're getting towards thirteen. <laughs> we just got to keep it up. Every, I, I, I take 
I keep $200 in my actual account thinking I'm only going to spend $200 and then the groceries happen and then I just refill that and then I spend like $5 and I refill that and I gradually kill my savings account back to roughly $100 more than what it started out as but I'm still saving like 50 or 100 bucks a month and I got stock options I'm a boss I don't know why I'm bragging about myself but that is a perfect segue into what I want to talk about today which is The, uh, Braggadocious Brit. the concept of drive versus ego, because there's this documentary that came out about a year ago um, called Don't Fuck This Up. And it is about Kevin Hart fucking this up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we haven't finished it yet, to be fair. Yeah, we've still got, I think, the last two episodes to do, which we might do tonight over pizza. <laughs> it's a rough watch. Though. Yeah, it's a little... How do you feel about it? Because I wanted to talk about like this drive V ego thing. Cause you can tell in moments where it's like, I can respect that move. This dude is a badass when it comes to yeah. business. And then there's times where it feels exploitive. I don't like the denial that he has, mm-hmm. um, not taking his like responsibility, you know? Yeah. Cause it's a weird, like, loophole in logic to feel the way that he appears to feel in the documentary or putting himself in situations too that he then blames other people for like the disagreement with his friend on the airplane because he pays his friend's salary and basically calling his friend a loser it's like well you agreed to hire this guy as a part of your team and have him travel the world with you and he didn't turn down the opportunity. Like, you can't be mad at him because mm-hmm. you pay his bills when you offered this. Yeah, you're his boss. Yeah. Why are you treating your employee like that? Yeah. But overall, and kind of where I want to go with it, just so you can conceptualize, like, the whole note, is Michael Jordan in The Last Dance versus Kevin Hart and Don't Fuck This Up. What are the similarities and the differences? Because I don't feel like I hated Michael Jordan. There were I moments, felt, though, that were hard to I, watch in that yeah, one, There too. were definitely moments where I was like, this guy is an asshole, but it wasn't like... Mm-hmm. It, that felt more driven than ego. Yeah. It was like, I'll fucking show you, as opposed to me, me, me. You know? Yeah. And I feel like with the Michael Jordan documentary, too, he was a bit more willing to admit, like... His flaws, he wouldn't flat out say he was wrong, but he'd be like, oh yeah, I am competitive. If He's we're like, playing a card game, I'm still going to throw yeah, down. I was know? a dickhead. <laughs> yeah. And like with that one, it felt a bit more like, like he wanted to succeed, but he wanted to pull people up with him legitimately. He was like, we're all going to work hard. Yeah. Or this isn't going to The whole happen. thing about the Bulls. Everything that he got into, every fucking fight that they got into, it was because he felt like the team could be better. Yeah. It didn't feel like he wanted to be, like, the leader of the team. Yeah. It was like, he, no, he, you're coming with me, bitch, but you need to fucking get it together because we're climbing this goddamn hill. And he, like, actively <laughs> avoided the press and stuff, so it didn't feel like a fame grab. It was yeah. just, like work harder, show up, get it done. Yeah, Jordan wouldn't do what Hart did in the documentary with the the card game scene that you were talking Mm -hmm. about earlier. I don't see a Jordan that does that. I mean, he definitely flipped out over card games, you know, like... But he didn't call his friend a a bitch. Yeah, from a team (laughs) level, you know? (laughs) Am I making sense? Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, like, I do feel like his... Uh, Jordan's personality came off like abrasive and maybe not necessarily like a dude I'd want to hang out with every day. Way Um, too competitive for me. 
It's like, yeah. well, I'm not, I'm not losing $50,000 on a coin toss. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> but like with Kevin, it feels like his end game is that he wants to be unforgettable as a person. Like it doesn't feel like it's like, yeah. I want to succeed. I want to achieve. I want you guys to like succeed with me. It feels like it's legitimately like, this is the third time he's hopped in my lap. <laughs> <laughs> um, legitimately feels like it's a, uh, he's acutely aware of his own mortality and afraid of disappearing almost mm-hmm. is how it comes across. Like he, well, he compared himself to prior, like he was comparing himself to legends. Yeah. And it's like, you're big, you know, and I get it. I, I understand why people like you and I understand, you know, you're hyper driven, you know, you're like a, a, a more put together Dane Cook, yeah. you know, but, like, but you're not Richard Pryor. Like Pryor was a stand up who relied on his stand up. He got into acting, you know, and Blazing Saddles is awesome. <laughs> but like with Jordan. I hope, I, I hope Pryor's in that. I know he worked <laughs> a lot with Gene Wilder. So my apologies to my mixed up black people. <laughs> um, But like with um, Jordan, like he wanted to win so many championships because he wanted to beat the record and be the record mm-hmm. holder. And that is a bit more of a competitive, like I just want to reach this level of accomplishment that no one before us has reached. And like yeah. with Hart, it's like he keeps saying, even though he's got millions, he wants to have billions because mm-hmm. he wants to prove to the kids in the ghetto that you can get there if you just work hard enough. And it's like, no, this is an ego thing. Like, Honestly, when you have millions, having billions isn't any different. Yeah, unless you're giving like, millions to the ghetto. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, it's it's just a status thing. Like, he wants to have that level of money that he can do whatever he wants or say whatever mm-hmm. he wants. And, like, wants to have... It, like, it reminds me a lot of Kanye. Like, wanting to have this, like... He wildly ri- reminded me a lot about Kanye. Yeah, well, like, wants to... didn't want to come <laughs> Like, wants to have his foot in, like, everything. Yeah. I want to sell shoes. I want to run for president. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, it, it feels to me like it is, like, this mortality thing. Like, he's aware of the fact that the name Kevin Hart might eventually vanish. And he's trying his best to make sure that... He's never forgotten. He's never going to be forgotten. America fucking loves that dude, which is the wildest shit to me why this documentary came out. I disagree. You don't think America loves Kevin Hart? Well, not that they... I mean, he's clearly got fans. Mm-hmm. I I personally don't think he's a great stand-up, but I think he does all right with like his comedic acting. But I, I don't think he is like a Pryor or Robin Williams or someone he's that we're going to be... There's no other... <laughs> Pryor is Pryor and there is no other Pryor. Like prior is the prior to the prior that will never be. He's not going to be someone decades after he's gone. We're still yeah. like talking about him and watching his old clips. Like he is like someone... a John Cleese. Would you put him at that level? Like a Monty Python, John Cleese, as far as comedians go? Like you don't know John Cleese as an American for his stand up comedy. Monty Python lives forever. And like. I don't think he's done work that legendary. Like I, I, I think he's been more successful for sure so i'm not talking about his success but i think comedically he is like a a dane cook like dane cook did some funny comedy movies and dane cook did some successful comedy shows but at the end of the day like 
he I think he is going to have set himself up to have a very successful life. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know But Dane Cook doesn't need a documentary. No. You know? <laughs> like, but like th- he had like a documentary esque film for one of his specials. I think it was like might not have been Vicious Circle, but it's around that era where, like, he had people following him around. And it's like, this is the life, but Dane Cook always seemed cool. Yeah. Like, his relationship with his uh, really, mean... really, really young girlfriend is a uh, problematic. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't mean ego-wise they're the same. I mean, like, as far as how memorable they are. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like... Um... I like Dan like, Cook more for that um, Good Luck Chuck movie mm-hmm. than I do for his stand-up. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I feel like Kevin Hart is clearly going to have a successful career. I think mm-hmm. he's going to be financially set. His kids are going to be financially set. Like, he's yeah, never going to... Yeah, he's <laughs> never going to have to worry. He's never going to struggle again. Um, and I, I do think eventually when he's an old man and he dies, like, people are going to be like, oh, we lost a legend. Yeah. And... You know, I think people are still going to own, like, his DVDs or whatever. But they're not going to remember him as a stand-up, which is what he claims that he still wants to be. I don't think... See, the difference for me is, like, you know Richard Pryor, and you like Richard Pryor, and you listen to Richard Pryor's comedy because... I've got Pryor vinyls. Yeah, like, that was... It's just him with, like, a fucking recorder, you know, working some random yeah. nightclub, working out bits that would eventually go on the Sunset Strip. But that was, like, a thing your parents listened to, I think yeah. your parents showed you, and, like, depending on how far back we're going generationally with whoever it is we're talking about, like, your grandparents listened to him, and your grandparents showed your parents, yeah. and your parents showed you, but I don't think that's... Grandpa loved Carlin, thus yeah. Dad loved Carlin, thus Dad found Pryor, thus I found yeah. Pryor. <laughs> and I don't think that's what Kevin Hart is. I think Kevin Kevin Hart is a person that this generation or these generations of people that yeah. he was alive to see are going to still listen to his stuff. I don't think people's is it, grandparents. Is it him. fair to say that Kevin Hart, if Kevin Hart was a rap song, he would be Hotel Motel Holiday Inn? I have no idea what that it, is. Exactly. It makes sense to a very small group of people who were into hip hop in the early 2000s as white people. But <laughs> I, I don't think Kevin Hart's comedy is comedy grandparents show their kids or their grandkids like i don't think decades after he's gone he's someone we keep up with at all Mm -hmm. and like that's why it's so i mean i don't know maybe part of it is his ego like his first and second special like i might show you know when we have kids i might show his first and second just to be like this is how this guy made it here but I think his ego is his detriment, though. Like, I think when you hit a place mentally where you think you are the greatest out there or you think you're so accomplished or so memorable, you stop working hard. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of what Kevin's problem is, is he has letting, letting, he has let his ego, like, take over so much of, like, his drive when he was still young and hungry that he doesn't, like, he may do a lot of things, and mm-hmm. he may actively be out of the house a lot because he's doing a lot of things, but I don't think he works to improve himself yeah. the way he probably did It's a then. huge issue with writers and directors, I would imagine. Um, but the, the big issue with writers is if you go through the traditional publishing route, you might spend 15 years researching, writing, and trying to sell your novel. So you're tuning it up, tuning it up, tuning it up for 15 years. 
you drop it and it's like a bestseller. And they're like, well, you've got a year and a half before we need to see a final copy of the sequel to this book. And it's like the last one took me a decade and a half to write. (laughs) Now you're expecting me to pump out something of better caliber in the next year? Well, I mean, I think if you work hard... There's an expectation. You should be working your ass off if you want to be a paid writer. But, yeah... Like, I think if you work hard and you're serious about your craft and you're passionate about your craft, you can get a lot done in a year. So I mm-hmm. think even that might be honestly doable as long as you Especially have... with an advance if you ain't yeah. got to go to work. <laughs> like, yeah, if you, if you have, like, an idea already and it's like you just need to build on it. Like, if you show up and work hard every day, then I, I think even that's doable. I think for me, and, you know, that... I'm just kind of blowing smoke here. Like, I don't know Kevin as a person, but I... I think... Oh, no, Kevin, if you hear this, uh, <laughs> I mean everything I say, but I am also drinking. <laughs> I think for me, Kevin's issue is he's got his Send me an $8,000 bottle of wine. His hands and a lot of... <laughs> he's got his hands in a lot of projects, so he stays very busy, and he is, like, I guess technically this mogul who's, like, doing a lot and he's working hard in that regard because he's got so much going on. I don't think he's working hard to better himself. Like, you can be busy but not actually doing anything to improve. Well, I mean, from a physical standpoint, he works his ass off, you know? like. But I don't think he works to better himself. I don't think he works on his mind enough. Like, he needs to definitely see a therapist and just be like, hey, bro, are you okay? <laughs> like, it, 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 it's like he lives in a constant state of mania, the way that he's portrayed in the documentary, mm-hmm. at the very least. Like, he has this, I've been in manic states. I've showered in days. Yeah. Like, I've been in manic states. I've gone completely off the fucking rails. But, like, his brought him to this level, which has to be panic-inducing, you know? <laughs> and so he's just lived in this state of manic energy. He's talking to people, doing business meetings with Chad. Um, Chadwick Bozeman. Yeah, um, but like he's in the meeting and he's texting, you know, fucking whatever off on the next angle, and then his wife's mad at him, and the world's mad at him, and he's just fucking exploding all over the screen. And it's like I, we don't see like a part where he's just sitting on his patio of his fucking million dollar house, sipping coffee. Well, they like, mentioned quite a bit that he's never really home. Yeah. So. It's like, you. what are you working for, dude? Everybody's set. It's good. Take your time. Breathe. Write a comedy special because I tried to watch the new one. I swear to God we did. We made it 15 minutes. And bad. then I was like, I can't fucking handle this anymore. Write about the fucking whirlwind that is your life. Like, what that has to feel like. And then maybe you'll be, a, like, a prior-level guy. But if you're going to go, I'm like, prior, here's a joke about a car accident I was in. And it's like, prior's biggest moment was lighting the cigarette on the stage, hitting the match, and going, what's that? That's Richard Pryor running down the street. Because he blew himself up in a national crack cocaine situation. <laughs> like, that is... Showing the audience exactly who you are. Yeah. You know, you thought you fucking beat me. I lost my goddamn mind. I blew myself up with a crack pipe. That's prior running down the street. No, I feel like... One of his best jokes. (laughs) I feel like... 
even, I mean, we didn't watch the whole thing. We watched part of it and then turned it off. But, like, even in his most recent stand-up special, like, the difference is, like... It's like, don't give a fuck or... It's a superior attitude. Like, his demeanor when he's up on stage is almost like the audience that he's talking to is somehow beneath him, where comedians typically try to relate, like... Yeah. Whether it's on a financial level, an emotional level. They shed level. on themselves. Yeah. And, like, it's it's a much more humble experience where it's like, oh, like, you think you know struggle. Let me tell you about struggle, yeah. you know, or whatever. And, like, with him, it's like, yeah, I caught COVID. And I was like, which one of your ratchet-ass friends, <laughs> you know, like, brought it over into our million-dollar home? Alex. Yeah, that he's doing in his living room, you know, <laughs> like yeah. in front of his hearth and shit like that. He's got, like, people with masks on their face. With his name on so, it. Uh, you couldn't rapid taste. Like, what are we doing here, dude? Well, he's talking about how we spent $20,000 on uh, special masks and then, like, dogging yeah. on other people because they didn't spend $20,000 on masks. And it's like, I don't have $20,000 to blow. Yeah, this is a and weird special I'd, to drop in the middle of a pandemic where, like, I'd a quarter of the country did, lost their I would fucking job. buy a house so I didn't live <laughs> in an apartment complex so close to other people. Yeah. So, not relatable. Not there. Not connecting with the audience. Completely fucking lost them. Mic drop. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I don't know. It, it, it's hard to watch. Like, it's, it's like a train wreck you don't want to look away from. And interestingly, the only moment in the whole documentary where he seemed to be a little humble again is whenever he went back to New York and he was talking to like the people that like Keith Robinson yeah Yeah. the people that like kind of helped (laughs) him come up and he was like you want to blow your mind watch Keith Robinson's special it's called Back of the Bus Funny and it's it'll break your soul like that that guy's a legend but you could see it like when he was interacting with him like this like almost like childlike awe that was still a little bit there like he's hit a point and rightfully so you know in his success where they're more um, on the same level as each other versus like, oh, this is my mentor now. So, like, yeah. you can be a little more familiar with someone when you've reached their level, but, like, you could still see a little bit of, like, that, like, awe there. Yeah. yeah, and then he goes back to his home life, and it's like, dude, like, maybe you should take a vacation. And How do you think that they approached, you know, because we were earlier, we were talking about negotiations. How do you think that they approached him? With this idea of, hey, a camera crew's going to follow you around during the worst fucking time of your life. I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt if it was his idea to begin with. Yeah, like it was a setup. Like, hey, I'm going to blow my own spot up. You guys want to watch? <laughs> well, I mean, I, I think it was his because the cheating scandal had already happened. And um, I think it was his way of trying to be relatable again because I think he lost a lot of credibility with people after that. So... I don't think he expected some of the fights that happened during filming to happen. I think that's just his personality. He's an abrasive yeah. person and his ego got the better of him. But I think this was his attempt at a comeback post the cheating scandal and post the Oscar scandal. Because that's what they start the documentary with is talking about. Yeah. I'm hoping they bring that back up. I, I well, they, heard it's in like the last episode for well, a couple to, of minutes. Because yeah, yeah, whenever they started, the very first episode was like however many months before the Oscars, and then we have this big announcement where he's live on stage, like, talking about how he got the Oscars. So, Mm -hmm. like, I I think um, 
That's my favorite part. It's been my favorite part because we've been watching this while I've been hammered. And I just see him come out on stage and then just make some angry remark. And then they always show the clothes. And I'm like, can you imagine if they just opened up that box over Kevin? And he just came out and he's like, fuck y'all. And then they just dropped the box (laughs) back down. It's like, God damn it. I wasted $350. (laughs) I think think the documentary was 100% his idea because he thought he was going to come out on the other side looking better after... The cheating and the Oscars. Looks thing. like an asshole. Yeah, which I mean, maybe the last episode he redeems himself. Yeah, I don't know. We'll but see. Yeah, he just seems like an ass almost the entire time. I like seem he, like an ass. The entire you time. are an ass. I am. <laughs> <laughs> You're Awkward right, silence. Yeah. You want to go make pizza? I'm hungry. Have we been doing this long enough? I mean, it's hard. Thing. we can do it as long <laughs> sure. as we want to that is i am hungry we're at yeah. minute 51 and i'm just like pizza sounds nice i am hungry yeah. i'm not really this angry at kevin hart <laughs> i am furious kevin send me eight thousand. god damn it kevin why aren't you michael jordan all right but you can find us over at youtube.com slash kristen bloom that's where you can see like all the early stuff and you can also see the dolls the other place you can see the dolls and also brainstorm and happy birthday is that YouTube.com slash Nightmare Box Productions. We can swing on over there to our Facebook app. Facebook.com slash Nightmare Box Productions. The Insta. At Nightmare Box Productions. Or the Tweeter. <laughs> At Nightmare Box Pro. Or you can shoot us an email. If you send me $15, I'll send you a copy of the Madman Diaries, no matter where you live. I don't give a shit if it costs, you know, $15 for me to get it there, and I come out net negative. I'll sign that bastard, and I'll send it to you. You can send us an email at... Nightmareboxproductions at gmail. Or you can buy it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or wherever else you tend to find books. Did I miss any of them? Uh, the website. The website. <laughs> the most important the one plug. always skip. That I always fucking forget. What is it, love? The Nightmare Box Stop blog. Where you can see Happy Birthday. You can see Brainstorm. You can see the dolls. You can read the scripts for all three of them and see where we varied away. Or it's not the right word, but we ran away or whatever fucking synonym is, needs to be there. Uh, got away from the script and you study them, look at them. Let me know where I did right, what I did wrong. Um You can also read some of my stories. That's right. That's what I did. I wrote those. You did write those. They're up there. (laughs) You got anything else? No. You love me? I do love you. Do you love me? No. No. Just the one. You can't ask twice. Are you excited about pizza? I am excited about pizza. I'm hungry. Is the cat asleep on your lap? He is. Doubling down on the gym. Definitely burned through some calories. I'm starving. (laughs) I feel like <laughs> no. <laughs> just, sometimes we go hard in the paint that it just Fizzles. pizza. We 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 always do it right before dinner. One of these days they're gonna pay us enough money we can do them at like noon and we'll have all the energy in we the world. We could eat dinner on the show. You could listen to. <laughs> <laughs> all right, sweetheart. Let's get out of here. I'll go make you dinner. We're gonna have fun. We're gonna find a two star. God damn it, I missed my first note. What was your first note? What are your thoughts on the first attempt at the Tectonic Tuesday? (laughs) We'll bring that up next week. (laughs) We'll figure it out. 
uh, we'll, uh, yeah, on Tuesday, I guess we'll have a two-star, and then we'll do a tectonic and then two-star tectonic. Is that what we're you, calling it? You've not given me any feedback, so that's what I'm calling it from now on, my left. That's basically... <laughs> I did not agree to that, for the well, record. Well, then you, we, you and I need to have a business meeting, but for right now, they're called Tectonic Tuesday. No. <laughs> All right, because they're earth-shattering, earth-breaking, they're mind-blowing. They're not Kevin Hart.